Hey, and welcome to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm the pastor of Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today we are going to continue in our daily devotion through the New Testament, looking at a portion of every chapter. And today we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. In fact, I want to look at a passage today that is a, a passage It is near to my heart as, as I think about the children in the church and the children that are in my life. And we see that children are actually near and dear to Jesus, to, to his concern, to, to his heart as well. And so that said, let's let's go ahead and jump in. Would you, uh, would you open up to Matthew 19? And I want to start in verse 13. Look with me in verse 13. Here's what the text says. It says, Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he's, he laid his hands on them and went away. Well, this is a, this is a great passage and there's a handful of things going on here. I mean, we see that, that people are bringing their children to Jesus because they want Jesus to bless them. They want Jesus to lay his hands upon them. They want Jesus to pray for them. They are recognizing that Jesus is special. And, and Matthew, we've talked about over and over again, Matthew's making the point that Jesus is the long awaited fulfillment of the King of Israel. So people, they, they naturally want Jesus to be around their kids and to pray for them and bless them. Uh, but oftentimes in, in ancient culture, children were, they were looked down upon. They were not as highly valued. And, uh, and so the disciples, you know, they're kind of, um, I don't know, Jesus's uh, bodyguards in this point because they're like, hey, you know, Jesus, he's got so much more important things to do than, than to hang out with these snot-nosed little kids, right? And so uh, they are telling them no, and they're pushing people away. And, uh, and Jesus, he doesn't have any of that. The disciples, they rebuke people. And then Jesus ends up basically doing the same thing and rebuking them. And he says, let the children come to me. Let them come to me. For such belong the kingdom of heaven. He says, don't, don't hinder them. Don't stop them. Don't get in their way. Don't block them. In, in fact, let them come to me. Jesus wants the children to come and, and to be near him. He wants to, he, he wants to pray for them. He wants to bless them. And so that's, that's exactly what he does. And in doing this, he even teaches us what the kingdom of heaven is like. He says, uh, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And this reminds us that, that a childlike faith is what is expected of us who, who would follow Jesus. We have to have the same kind of faith, just like a child has faith in their, their father or mother that they're going to take care of them and do what's best for them. We should have that same faith toward our heavenly father and, and trust that he's going to care for us and to walk with us in, in the difficulties of life. But uh, more importantly, there is, there is a principle here about passing the faith down to the next generations. You know, for the Jewish people, this was a, this was a core aspect of their, of their devotional life. They were devoted not just to God, but they were to be devoted to passing the truth of God down from generation to generation. In fact, there's another great passage that I want to show you. It's called the Shema. Look with me here. We've already looked at Matthew 19, but if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 4 through 6, this is a phrase or a statement the Hebrew people would pray regularly. And look at what it says. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is, this is all the way back in Deuteronomy. This is a great passage that describes really the, the, the passing on of the faith. And look where it starts. It says, the Lord, the Lord, your God, he is one. Now, this is talking about how there is one triune God. And it says, you shall love this Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with your might. And the point here is that, that God should be your highest affection and your highest allegiance. There should be nothing in your life that you love more than God. This doesn't mean you don't love other things. But proportionally speaking, everything ranks below God as he is your highest affection. And not only is he your highest affection, he is your highest allegiance. So you should be more allegiant toward God than you are toward your country or your football team or, or whatever else it might be. You should be have more allegiance toward God than you have toward your, your favorite hobby or whatever movies you like to watch. God is... And God alone should be, he should be the ultimate allegiance. He, he has your affection and he has your allegiance. And it says these, these, these commandments, they are to be written on our heart. They're, they're to become part of how we live. And then it says that we are to teach them to our children. And then it describes, we teach them to our children where? Well, when we're sitting down at home and when we're walking by the way, when we're lying down, and when we're rising up. The point here is it is, it, it just inundates every aspect of your life. Your life is meant to be overflowing with the truth of God because, well, because God is your greatest allegiance and because God is your greatest affection. It says that you're to bind these commandments on your hands and on, on the frontlets of your head, and it's to write them on your doorposts and on your gates. What, what the point here is that the, the word of God should be so abundant and you should be surrounded by it. This doesn't mean to just have a coffee cup with a verse on it and, and maybe a, a poster in your house with a verse on it. This is, those things are good, but, but they're good because of your love for God and your love for his word because of your allegiance to God and your allegiance to his word. See, the point here is that your life is to be defined. It's to be defined by your affection and your allegiance to the one true God. You should live for him. But but let's let's arc back to that, that Matthew passage. Because not only is this how our life is to be lived, but because of the overflow of our life, that means that we, we carry a great responsibility for passing the faith on to children. See, a life saturated with the ways of the Lord ends up doing this naturally. When you pray, when you pray every day for your children and at a meal, when, you're, when you open up the Bible with your family after dinner and you say, let's, let's talk about... Let's talk about Matthew 19 and the, the passage that we, we're reading today in the Valley Bible Reading Plan. And you, you read through it, or maybe you listen to these videos together, and you, you just build a family life, a family life that is, it is just so much about it, more and more, is saturated with the things of God. That's how we end up passing our faith on to the next generation. 
Jesus says, he says, don't hinder the children. Let them come to me. And so your life, your life should not hinder children from coming to Jesus, but it should aid in them coming to know him. It should be a life that is saturated with the word, a life that is saturated with an affection and an allegiance to God and the things of God so that more and more the young people in your life, your own children or your grandchildren or your nieces and nephews or the neighbor kids or even the children and you show up to church that are running around the halls and and they're laughing and playing. All of these kids that we come in contact with, our lives are meant to have an overflow so that we we are making sure we are letting the children, we're urging the children to come and to know Jesus. This is the ancient way for our modern day. It's a life of love for the Lord and of love for the children around us that the Lord loves as well. So I want you to, as we close, I want you to think about the kids that are around you. And maybe you're, maybe you're an empty nester. Maybe you, you don't have children. Maybe you're, maybe you're like a young, like a, a 15 year old and you're like, what do you mean have kids? I am a kid, right? But, but I want you, whoever you are, I want you to be thinking about the, the young people that surround your life. And, and I want you to remember that together we share we share this incredible responsibility to pass the, the faith on from one generation to the next. And you were part of that. Your life saturated with the gospel and the things of God. It stands, it stands in this long tradition of loving people toward Jesus.